1: Election College, Episode 13, The Era of Good Feelings. In this episode, everyone in America is feeling pretty good. Missouri causes some controversy, and James Monroe is re-elected.
0: Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith.
1: Hey, everybody, I'm Ben Smith. And I'm Jason Goff. And thank you for joining us again. Let's get into it. Jason. Yeah, Ben. I'm feeling good. Are you feeling good? I'm feeling really good. This is the era of good feelings. So nice. I just want to play that. I wanted to play that song, uh, more than a feeling, mm-hmm. but I thought maybe we could get sued or something. So I didn't, but instead I just, I just, I'm feeling good.
2: That would not make me feel good.
1: I like that song though. So Jason, the era of good feelings, this, this term that's coined, um, it's it's coined uh, after the war of 1812 and that ends in 1815 there's this guy named Benjamin Russell who is a journalist in 1817 and he says now is the time of the era of good feelings what is what is that all about you know war's done and
2: James Monroe remember him uh-huh he's like i am going to go on a goodwill tour all across america and when he was in boston that's when Russell coined the term.
1: Man. Goodwill tour. Is that like when you go around and give secondhand clothes out to everybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
2: not like goodwill hunting. I think I like to think of the war of 1812 as like goodwill hunting. My wife calls it goodwill swearing that movie. Mm-hmm. That's,
1: that's accurate pretty much.
2: I have to wash my ears.
1: <laughs> well, after the war of 1812, um, like you should, after every war is concluded amicably, I suppose you could say amicably, Yeah, uh, you have a lot of celebration that the country is no longer at war. And a lot of the tensions between the Federalist and the Democratic Republicans had really died down. One of the big issues they had was war. But another reason that the tensions kind of died down, Jason, um I, this is kind of, <laughs> this is kind of sad, but the Federalist party is just like gone. So Boom. there can't be many tensions because it kind of just, Doesn't exist.
2: Yeah. So during the era of good feelings, we really start to see a trend where the people see the federal government as crucial regarding the state of the union. So the development and prosperity and protection, all of that. Hey, federal government, we like you. We like you a lot.
1: And I feel good. I knew (laughs) that I would now. Oh, don't, don't, that's all you can say. You Ah, can't say anymore now. Okay. Uh, uh, So good. So we see the emergence of the new Republicans as uh, more friendly towards nationalistic ideas, and everybody starts holding hands and singing kumbaya and getting along a little bit better, I mean, at least as far as politics are concerned. And it's kind of funny because Monroe, we talked about winning the election by such a large margin, and part of that, sure, is because everybody likes them, and there's not really a great candidate running against them, but – Part of the other reason is almost nobody shows up to vote. I mean, there's no controversy. There's no, make sure this guy wins. It's just like, Hey, uh, yeah, James Monroe, he's a pretty good guy. Um, <laughs> he's going to win. So I don't really know if I should go vote, right?
2: So old Monroe, he's like, Hey, this
1: is, this is a
2: good moment for me <laughs> and, and everyone else. Right. And so he's like, Hey, party associations. Let's just <laughs> clear the slate. Elimination of all party association. He says, Hey, fe- federalists, come on in, come on over here to the Republican effort. And let's have everybody just love one another. And man, I, I've got you do, do, do. Oh, <laughs> man, you get James Brown in. Yeah. And, I'm yeah, sorry. It's hard to get out. It's hard to get out for sure.
1: Well, James Monroe, uh, a little different than James Brown, he <laughs> actually wrote that all political parties, regardless of their affiliations and whatnot, by their very nature were incompatible with free government. And just like many other people have said before and after him, including George Washington in his farewell speech, uh, he said governing is not really best conducted by people who have their own motives, but it's best conducted by people who are disinterested statesmen uh acting on the national interest and not acting on personal ambition or out of a desire to get reelected. But they're doing what's best for the country.
2: Yeah, so if you're a federalist at this time, Monroe is just going to neglect you and you're going to be marginalized and <laughs> – you're not going to be appointed to any office. You're not going to get any support from the federal government. Now, he didn't want to, quote, persecute them, but he just wanted to get them out of these powerful positions, especially in New England, where they were still relatively strong locally. And he knew that if he didn't get rid of them and if he gave them any approval of or acknowledgement – It could incite a revival of federalism. So he never attacks them. He just ignores them. They're gone. And even when he meets with federalists privately, he tries to make a good impression and commits to nothing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's a really good <laughs> political tactic yeah hey uh we're best friends right and i'm saying nothing that upsets you and nothing that makes you thrilled either let's just let's just be buddies uh and so i mean james monroe i mean this is a really good tactic for a while and continues to be and he's just really in this mood of getting everybody to just get along and he should have lived in the 60s 1960s yeah but uh, President James Monroe went on a countrywide tour that he called the Goodwill Tour. And it was to generate goodwill. And, uh, he does that in 1817 and again in 1819. And he just visits all over the place. He goes to New England because of all the Federalists. He wants to win them over. Uh, and he's really just kind of trying to scattershot places that already like him and target places that don't necessarily like him already.
2: Yeah. And he's making every attempt possible to appear formal and dignified but still kind and approachable and he's trying to let off this air of hey i'm i'm one of you but i'm not so part of the whole goal and man he sounds like a politician doesn't he ben (laughs)
1: <laughs> Absolutely. it kind of sounds like the exact opposite of James uh, or of John Adams, Mr. His Rotundity.
2: Yeah. And really, in the back of his mind, he's probably thinking, okay, I'm going to go up to New England. I'm going to get the Federalists to be proud to be an American. He brings Lee Greenwood probably out to sing, I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> and hey, that whole Hartford Convention thing. listen. If you hop onto my side,
1: (laughs) it's all forgotten, right? Yeah. Make sure you're devoted to the USA. We'll forget about that little incident at the Hartford Convention where you tried to commit treason. (laughs) Yeah. So
2: Monroe selects some prospective future presidential candidates to his administration. He appoints John Quincy Adams. John C. Calhoun, William H. Crawford, they're all selected to be on the cabinet. And of course, Andrew Jackson coming off of this awesome victory in the battle of new Orleans, he continues to hold high military appointments in the U S
1: with all this solidarity about being no parties and everybody kind of just thinking, Oh yeah, we are Americans. We're not federalist or whatever. People start getting a little loose on their convictions and, they previously knew exactly what they had to stand for because they had parties that they had to stick to and now they're like mm, jeffersonianism that's that used to be a cool thing but we're just kind of we're just kind of kind of think whatever we want to think and not necessarily adhere to a specific system and there are of course a lot of critics against letting people drift away from jeffersonianism and that will become uh more evident and uh problematic in the future but for now, this is kind of where it starts happening.
2: Yeah. Hey, Ben. Yes. Do you remember what your first tape
1: was? My first tape? Yeah. Did you have a cassette tape? Yeah. You mean like just regular cassette, not VHS? Yeah. Like you pop a cassette tape into uh-huh. your car. Yeah. It was sure. – uh well, I didn't have a car at the time. My first one was – I don't know. It was some kid's tape I had when I was born. Oh. I remember it, though, pretty well.
2: Okay. I was just remembering mine and it was Rocky four soundtrack <laughs> and I'm totally, totally channeling James Brown right now where he had living in America and he was like, ow, I feel good. And <laughs> I, I, I'm just thinking era of good feelings and James Brown wasn't around to experience this.
1: Maybe, but he still felt maybe good. it was, yeah, maybe it was a, a byproduct knowing about the era of good feelings that he wrote that song. He probably listened to election college. Yeah, I'd say so.
2: Maybe he's somewhere listening to election college right now.
1: <laughs> I sure hope not. <laughs> you know what would really crush my good feelings? What? Panic. The panic oh, of 1819. Crap. The nation is coming off all the Napoleonic Wars and everything. And the first real economic crisis that the United States has is in 1819. It it hits. And so, like I said, you're coming off the Napoleonic Wars. There's some economic tides that are rippling across the world. The, Agricultural production is up in Europe, so they're dependent less upon the U.S. to provide things for them. Capitalism is on the rise, so that's screwing things up a little bit. Banks are doing what they do best, giving out bad loans. And, man, anytime you have less money in your pockets and less food on the table, your morale is going to go down, and it's going to affect the nation's mood. Buzzkill. But don't worry.
0: 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinMIDI.com.
1: Hey, what about Missouri? Missouri? I don't, I don't even think I've ever heard of Missouri. They're yeah. not even a state.
2: And do you say Missouri or Missouri? I don't say Missouri. Okay. Should I say Missouri? I don't know. I've heard people say Missouri. I think it It ends in
1: an I, so maybe it's Missouri.
2: Hey, if you're from Missouri, can you let us know how you say Missouri? Thanks. Appreciate it. So as always, there is a lot of tension between the pro-slavery and the anti-slavery factions in Congress. uh, Within the states and really just amongst the individuals. And so when Missouri requested to be admitted to the union in 1819, they asked to do so as a slave state.
1: Yeah, and up to this point, there had been an even number of states uh, that it allowed slavery and that disallowed slavery. And uh, that number was 11 and 11, just in case you wondered. Nobody on the anti-slavery front wants Missouri to come into the Union because that gives 12 states with slavery admitted position in the union and 11 states with anti-slavery opinions. So obviously if there's ever a big vote or anything, Missouri and the rest of the South are going to have the upper hand. So in order to keep the balance, they struck up this compromise. The
2: Missouri compromise happened when that part of Massachusetts that's not connected to the rest of Massachusetts, a.k.a. Maine is admitted to the union as a free state. So an amendment was also drawn up in the midst of all of this, that drew a line clear across the Louisiana territory and established a boundary between the free states and the slave regions. So I should say the slave regions and the free regions. And so with the admission of Maine into the union, Missouri enters, and we have 12 and 12 free and slave states.
1: Let's uh let's pretend for a minute like Missouri doesn't keep causing problems. We're done. We're done. The election happens, and now we're done. But they do. They do keep causing problems. Thanks a lot, Missouri. Thanks. Show me state. Show me some love. Congress passes this law that allows Missouri to exist, and they say, hey, hold a convention, form a constitution and a government. And then we'll make you a state and we'll give you all the same privileges of any other state.
2: Yeah, and there was some controversy about whether or not Missouri had met all the requirements to become a state when Congress reconvened in November. And the debate was still going on when it was time for electoral votes to be counted. If Congress didn't count their
1: votes, Missouri is not a state. If they do, they are. Yeah, essentially, if you if you acknowledge, yes, we'll count your votes, then you're basically saying none of the other stuff that you did wrong or didn't do yet matters. And if you say, no, you're not a state, then you're saying, okay, you still have stuff to do. And nobody really wanted to make that decision. So they know that this thing is going to be a big deal probably, but they also know that James Monroe has already won in a landslide, no matter what Missouri says. And so they passed this resolution that says, all right, whatever we come up with, Missouri's going to probably protest. And if they protest, we'll only, Ignore them if their vote if their vote matters. If their vote doesn't matter, we'll say sure, let's go for it. Yeah, so they would announce the result twice,
2: once with Missouri's vote and once without. And the bill was introduced in the House and it passed. And of course, somebody's going to object, right? Absolutely, New Hampshire does. It's it's only American, right? So the good people of of New Hampshire. Um, when the votes were being counted, they said that Missouri had no right to cast any votes and Virginia argued that they should be counted. So they were due to
1: the resolution that passed. So there you have it. <laughs> it's kind of, I just love that. It's like, okay. So if, if you're, if what you say matters, we're going to ignore you. If what you say doesn't matter, we're going to appease you. <laughs> it's like. Okay, have a backbone, why don't you? Right.
2: So with all this, the good feelings, I mean, they're kind of going away. But Monroe is still popular, and he wins in a landslide in 1820.
1: There's this one guy, one guy from New Hampshire, who cast an electoral vote against Monroe. His name is William Plumer, and he's like, "Mm, I used to be a governor, and I used to be a senator. I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to vote for John Quincy Adams, the Secretary of State. I don't really mind Monroe all that much, but I think Adams would be a better one. And so that's how he voted.
2: Several other electors did vote for a federalist vice president just because people are snarky and they do that kind of thing, even though they cast their presidential vote for Monroe. So there you have it. James Monroe is your president, and Daniel T. Tompkins is the vice president once again.
1: James Monroe uh really... Just didn't run against anybody. Last episode we talked about how he basically ran unopposed, but there was some opposition. It just wasn't really serious. This time there's literally no opposition. And if it weren't for that one guy who thought John Adams was a better president material, James Monroe would have been the second after Washington president to get all the electoral votes, but he didn't. Thanks a lot, William Plumer.
2: Yeah. So. Ben, yeah, can you imagine what this election of 1820 would have been like if they had social media?
1: It probably would have actually been really boring. Unless
2: you had somebody who had the skills from the top people in their day. And I know of just the summit for people who are looking to take their social media presence to the next level. And that is the Social Media Success Summit from Social Media Examiner.
0: Want to improve your social media marketing? Need to prove your efforts are working? Take your business to the next level at Social Media Success Summit 2015, an online conference brought to you by Social Media Examiner. Discover the best and newest ways to market your business on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Google+, YouTube, Instagram,
2: and Pinterest.
0: Find new ways to improve your content and measure your results all from the comfort of your office chair. You'll be led by dozens of top social media pros, including Mari Smith, Mark Schaefer, Amy Porterfield, Christopher Penn, and Michael Stelzner. Register now for Social Media Success Summit. Discount tickets are limited. Visit smss15.com to secure your ticket today.
1: If you want to sign up for the social media success summit, you can head over to electioncollege.com slash summit. That's S U M M I T. And we hope you have a great time. So Ben. Yes, sir. You know what I like better than winning elections? Oh, I've never, I've never won an election. So I don't, I think everything I like better so far. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, it makes
2: me feel very presidential when. I open up my iTunes and I see that somebody has left a review for Election College. And this week we got a review from Maximus over at comcastro.com.
1: Comcastro is uh, is another podcast. Uh they are they've been supportive of us and you should check them out.
2: Yeah, and Maximus has given us some love on Twitter and he just gave us this love. On iTunes, he said, it's really fresh to get an informed perspective on history that cuts through jingoism and the sacredness of our origins that others cling to. We're not really clinging to anything, are we, Ben?
1: I think some people have actually classified us a little bit as uh, disrespectful since we call people by like nicknames and stuff. But that's okay with me. Oops. If you want to call us disrespectful, you can do it on Twitter at Election College. On Facebook at Election College and even on Instagram at Election College. You can heckle us all you want. As long as you keep listening to the show, we'll deal with it. Yeah, we can handle it
2: and just let us know that you're listening. That's what we really care about.
1: (laughs) If you do like us, and we really hope you do. We're just kidding about you heckling us, hopefully. Uh, Please leave us a review on iTunes at electioncollege.com slash iTunes or in the iTunes client you'll be able to say nice things about us and other people will be able to them. Yeah. So, Ben, do you have anything else? Just my name. I want to let everybody else know I'm, I'm Ben. Okay. And I'm Jason. Cool. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.
0: That's join